When I first started in this area, I thought equity was really just about celebrating the different backgrounds and cultures of people. And I was really excited to incorporate their backgrounds into my lessons and everything we do at school. But as my understandings evolved, I realized that it's so much deeper than just making spaces for people's like heroes and their holidays. And it's about really understanding how culture impacts the way students learn and behave, as well as the systems which privilege some students and disadvantage others. And that we need to change not only what we teach, but how we teach and how our schools and societies perpetuate systems of privilege and oppression. Welcome to the Indian Prairie Podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Jovani, Director of Innovation. And Candy Michelli, Director of Professional Learning. In today's episode, we are excited to welcome Anne and Rachel to discuss diversity, equity, and inclusion in 204. Welcome, Anne and Rachel. Can you please take a moment to introduce yourselves? I'm Ann Cluxton. I'm an English teacher at Matia Valley, and I'm also one of the District Equity Ambassadors. Hi, I'm Rachel Maymood. I'm a fifth grade teacher at Georgetown Elementary School, and I'm also an equity ambassador. Well, we certainly appreciate you both being with us today. We're going to kick off the conversation a little bit, and we want to hear from you a little bit about your definition of equity, diversity, and inclusion. So I kind of think about diversity as honoring and respecting the differences amongst individuals and how that impacts their lived experiences. And inclusion is more about creating spaces where diverse groups feel validated and affirmed. And equity is like the outcome of having, you know, inclusion of diverse groups. It's about creating a society where all people can achieve and receive the same rights and opportunities and where, you know, our differences cannot be used as predictors of our feelings of inclusion or self-worth or success. Just to expand upon that, Rachel, I agree with you 100%. But when I look at these three terms, I often think of them as intertwined, especially in education. I don't think in an ideal situation in a classroom, school, whatever, they should be separate. I'm very proud that our district is the full inclusion district. And I know we work very, very hard to make sure everyone's in a safe spot, like Rachel said, but then also that we honor diversity and that everyone is receiving equitable practices as well. Thank you for sharing those terms and how they interconnect to each other. Can you share some ways that you have evolved in your own understanding of equity, diversity, and inclusion? I think for me in particular, I've grown immensely probably over the past five years. And I think in large part, it's because of relationships with colleagues. I'll give a huge shout out to Dr. Jennifer Rowe, who's a dear friend, but also was a colleague for 15 years. And she in my opinion, has been a personal pioneer for me. She has taught me a lot personally, but she's also incredible with resources. And so um, I'm always reading. So for me, I think I get the most out of having conversations with colleagues, our book clubs, our equity ambassador group has been a lifeline, especially the past three years. I've learned so much from every single one of them in their perspectives. But then also, again, I'll go back to I'm constantly reading and taking recommendations from anyone, you know, this perspective, whatever, to, to broaden my eyes and see what's going on. Yeah, I would definitely agree with Anne on the networks we have going through Indian Prairie School District and all of the equity offerings and book studies that we have. It's interesting because when I first started in this area, I thought equity was really just about celebrating the different backgrounds and cultures of people. And I was really excited to incorporate their backgrounds into my lessons and everything we do at school. But as my understandings evolved, 
I realized that it's so much deeper than just making spaces for people's like heroes and their holidays. And it's about really understanding how culture impacts the way students learn and behave, as well as the systems which privilege some students and disadvantage others. And that we need to change not only what we teach, but how we teach and how our schools and societies perpetuate systems of privilege and oppression. And that's been part of the really exciting part here at Indian Prairie is how we've been doing that together through our equity ambassadors and our groups and all of the different courses and book studies that we're offering. I appreciate you both so much, just like you're saying, how um, having those relationships with individuals and having different perspectives, book clubs and reading and pieces like that. How do you personally go about learning more about the topic related to equity, diversity, and inclusion, since you're leading a lot of this work in our district? I think, I mean, I agreed with Anne, like the reading has been like monumental, but I also agree with what she's saying about just actually spending time with people who are different from myself. I think when we look at our peer groups and our friend groups and people we even socialize with at work and our students, conversations with students and families who come from different cultures, asking them questions, observing their behaviors, almost like a sociologist would, where you, mm -hmm. you know, this really helped me to better understand how their culture really impacts the experiences they're having at school. And, you know, just to empathize more with different families and students. I agree with Rachel 100%. And, and not only families, but my students. I've learned an incredible amount from my kids. And once you create that inclusive state atmosphere, you can ask them anything. I think they've learned as much from me as I've learned from them. So they're also an incredible resource. You guys have shared a lot about how your own classrooms in terms of you as learners and talking with colleagues and book studies and all those things. And when we start talking about equity, diversity, and inclusion, talk to us a little bit about, and you both hit on this a little bit for students, how does it show up in your classroom, whether it's in instructional practices or supporting students? Talk to us a little bit about that. I think first and foremost, whenever I come across a new concept, new idea, whether it's through reading or a colleague, I try to immediately apply it to what's going on in my classroom. I mean, that's going to look very different than what Rachel does. She's elementary, I'm high school based. So I think I have the perfect avenue with English in um, U.S. history. I teach both. I'll just give you an example. I led the book study, How to Be Good with Words. And I can tell you, literally every page I learned something, was able to apply it to curriculum, to language within lessons, um, be able to share that with my colleagues, teams, because it's those little changes that start the momentum and start those big changes. So I think, again, everything I read, hear, learn, I try to immediately think, how can I apply this to my classroom? That's an excellent point. So that's one thing we do have in common with in elementary <laughs> too. We definitely try to apply everything that, you know, we learn and it is so applicable to what we're doing. But really, I feel like every part of my classroom is really impacted by equity. It's a lens with which I view what I teach and how I teach, you know, validating students from different backgrounds. It's also a lens I use to reflect on my own experience and my own practices. Like I think about in my classroom, the behaviors that I see, like what determines what's the right behaviors in a classroom? You know, what makes a good student? Who's referred to special or advanced programming? And when I view my own culture and the culture of our classroom or the culture of our school through an equity lens, I just feel like I can widen my view to see the inequity that I'm unknowingly perpetuating through my practices or through like some of our school activities or classroom stuff. But then also on the flip side, Rachel, you also then can scaffold enormously and support your students so much more because of that lens. So it goes both ways. Absolutely. 
and then apply what we learned <laughs> right away to remedy some of the inequities that we're perpetuating. So exactly comes full circle. It sure does. So as we know, we tend to be in a world and the environment that we live and work and teach. Sometimes people have different opinions from us on, on everything, maybe a lot more these days. Since everyone's kind of in a different place in their journey when it comes to understanding their understandings, their opinions, values in regards to equity, diversity, and inclusion, what do you find is the best way to converse with individuals that have different perspectives than your own? I know for me, it's about just asking a lot of questions. You know, we don't always have to agree or see eye to eye, but I do feel like when we're like well-intentioned and we ask sincere questions, reflective questions, it at least brings people closer together on different topics. I always use view in my classroom, but then also with colleagues, it's incredibly important to flip the script and always try to see the other perspective, which is incredibly difficult at times for everyone. Um, and so going off of what Rachel said, having those conversations, almost like approach it like a restorative circle. I know that sounds crazy, but everyone has to be able to feel safe. Everyone has to be able to ask questions, respond, and not feel attacked. And if at any point it does become difficult, there's it's not productive. So I think a lot of boundaries and norms have to be set. It can be very challenging, but it's worth it. That's a great example. When you're talking about feeling safe, it, thinks, it makes me think about what Tyrone Howard has said, you know, mm -hmm. in all of our professional development, having those brave spaces and those safe spaces and moving to brave spaces so we can have conversations with different groups of people at different places, because it's so important that we have those conversations and absolutely we have to feel safe. But again, you know, in the words of Dr. Howard, you know, we have to create those brave spaces too, so that we can feel comfortable. Throughout uh, the podcast uh, recording today, you guys have talked about some of the, the book studies that you've led as equity ambassadors. I'm going to ask you two kind of questions here. The first one is, what are you currently reading or learning more about? Uh, you know, as somebody who's constantly continuing to learn myself, I'd love to hear what you guys are reading about or some of the topics that you're engaging with. And then the second part is, for our Indian Prairie educators and staff, what are some upcoming professional learning opportunities that they might be able to be looking forward to in the spring or summer, just kind of what, what's on your radar that'll be coming soon that kind of uh, look forward to. So what are you learning about? And then what's coming forward for our educators? I'm currently reading a book that Candy gave me actually, Equity-Centered Trauma-Informed Education. I went through it once. Now I'm going back through it with a fine tooth comb. It's excellent. So um, highly suggest, but I always, I liken it to a scale of, is it a basic or is it like a master's level? I think this one's pushing towards that master's level. So you need to be in the space and the place to accept um, a lot of the thoughts in that book, but it's incredible and well worth the read. I know for me right now, I am reading a lot about um, the history and contributions of Asian Americans. Um, I had the opportunity to help work on the law that was recently passed about teaching the history and contributions of all faith backgrounds, including Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, Jews, Sikhs, Christians. And I was able to write some curriculum and it got me really interested partnering with PAVE and other groups that are, you know, looking to bring more light to Asian American history. And so I've just been a consumer of looking for that history. Not only is it so validating for a large portion of the students that are in our school district, but just so important for all students to learn a more whole and accurate history. I'll be teaching some courses as well 
this spring on Asian American history, helping to build our own understanding, capacity, and knowledge about such a lost, forgotten, or maybe even purposely excluded piece of American history, um, as well as leading a book study on the book Stamped for Kids, which is also a great book that chronicles the history of racism at about fourth or fifth grade reading level. So a great read aloud for students in our school district as well. One of the things we always like to ask our guests when we're with us is kind of what's next? You talked about what's next as far as some of the professional learning pieces, but what's the next for the two of you specifically? Well, a couple of things I have on the burner. I'm going for my national board certification right now. So I'm in the midst of that. So that's a personal goal. But for a professional goal, I'm really working to revise the U.S. history curriculum and infuse as much of this work as possible. Um, it's slow and uh, challenging. And so um, that's kind of been my professional mission for quite some time. And so that's what I got going for me, on a personal level, I'm working on publishing some books. I've been writing manuscripts and revisions and working with some authors that are published to see about getting some books in circulation. On a professional level, I am doing a lot of professional development around the state of Illinois on culturally responsive teaching, as well as Asian American history and providing professional development to support this new law that was just passed about teaching the faith back all faith backgrounds, contributions in history. And I guess for me, I'm just, I'm going to keep on keeping on, <laughs> just keep <laughs> learning and growing. I just think equity is just such an amazing journey to be on. I'm glad it's not a destination. And it's like, no matter how much we learn, how much we keep putting into our practice, it's like you just keep responding, you know, kids keep changing, culture keeps changing, schools keep changing. And, you know, we just keep responding. And that's the heart of being culturally responsive is that adaptability and that flexibility and that desire to grow and learn and change. And that is part of the most exciting part of my entire day. <laughs> well, we definitely appreciate you being with us. I know that I learn from you every time we have conversations. So I benefit knowing you and working alongside you. I don't know that everyone quite understands the hard work that equity ambassadors put in place to support our staff and students. And um, I know that the two of you play a major role in the organization and support that goes in, into all of that work. So thank you for all you do. And thanks for being with us today. I think it's important that we highlight that there we have a very diverse and knowledgeable group of people that have been working really hard behind the scenes to support Jennifer Rowe and now Candy and, you know, and anybody else who's taken over parts of her duty. And um, it's just so affirming to be part of a group of people that are just so passionate about bringing equitable changes and you know, practices to our school. It's like breathing new life into IBSD. Mm -hmm. And it's been a great honor to work with Anne and everyone else. They all deserve a great shout out. Thanks, Rachel. We would like to thank both Anne and Rachel for their time today. We appreciate their leadership and willingness to share their own learning journey in the area of equity, diversity, and inclusion. We would like to thank members of our curriculum instruction team for the leadership on this topic and extend a special thank you to members of our communications department, Lisa Berry and Clayton Urbanic for making the podcast happen. If you have any further questions, please email your questions to curriculum at IPSD.org. We thank you for your time today and hope you've enjoyed being part of the conversation. <laughs>